Blessings on you as we begin this time of worship together. There are so many places you could be and so many things you could be doing, but God has drawn you to this moment to experience something powerful as we come together in his presence. And that's what we're believing today, that God would make a sanctuary right there wherever you are and make his presence known to you. He wants to strengthen you and comfort you and encourage you. Well, if you were here on campus, you would come through the entrance past the beautiful sculpture of Jesus with these words below it that he spoke. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest and you will find rest for your souls. That's what Jesus not only said to his disciples, that's what he says to you, and that's what we're praying for you, that you would find rest and peace and strength this very day as you hear the word, as you join us in worship. Don't just observe, participate and be part of this moment. So let's raise our voices, let's raise our hearts, let's raise our expectations, let's raise a hallelujah.
whatever you are facing in this moment, as we lift our praise, as we raise our hallelujah, God raises us up. And in this moment of worship, we experience the power of God in an amazing way. In fact, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with him. Our prayer is that you may be fully restored. And that's what God wants to do. As we raise a hallelujah, he raises us up, he strengthens, he restores us. And that's our prayer for you, that God would raise you above your circumstances. Sometimes we're in the middle of stuff, it seems so overwhelming. But as we praise, he raises us so that we can see from his perspective what's really going on. And then the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's just give God thanks and praise for his purposes for us in this moment. Amen. Well, here to let us get in position for some upcoming things here at Cathedral of Faith with upcoming announcements, here's Lauren. <laughs> Thank you. Well, our online and our on-campus service times are now the same. So that means whether you are here, you are here on campus or whether you are live streaming, our times are Saturday at five o'clock and Sundays at nine and 11 o'clock. Or as usual, you can watch us whenever on YouTube. Now, this week, we start a new series called Recovery Plus, where we are looking at what the Bible has to say about recovering different things in your life. Things like your spiritual passion, your family ties, your peace of mind. I won't ruin today's topic for you, but it's gonna be a great time. We're really looking forward at growing together. Dr. Wayne? Thanks, Lauren. There are so many things we can invest in, things that we can work hard in, things that we can excel in, that's how success comes. And one of the things that Paul says in 2 Corinthians is this, excel in the grace of giving. One of the ways we're supposed to excel as followers of Jesus is to excel in the grace of giving. God's grace is so amazing. He has so much grace for us. Grace for being single, grace for being married, grace for having toddlers, grace for having teenagers, grace for living in San Jose, grace for living in 2021, and grace for giving. And you can experience and express that grace for giving in several ways. You can go to our app to give, you can go online, you can text the number that you see there on the screen, or you can write out a check and mail it to us to drop it by the church office. At, during the week. We look forward to you receiving that special grace from God as you excel in the grace of giving. Well, in this moment, we focus on who God is and what he has for us. He's fighting on your behalf. He's working in ways you cannot see because the truth is the battle belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah!
shadow Your love surrounds me There's nothing to fear now For I am safe with you Yes, Lord for me who can be against me no one no 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 for jesus there's nothing impossible with you when all i see are the ashes you see the
Hello, Cathedral family and friends. Have you noticed how many channels now offer a plus option? You have not just Discovery, you have Discovery Plus. You have not just Disney, you have Disney Plus. You have not just ESPN, you have ESPN Plus. And I have to say there's something appealing about the idea of the plus. I mean, a Plus is much better than a minus. I'm not going to subscribe to Discovery Minus. And if ESPN is fun to watch, then ESPN Plus must be off the charts. Well, over the next few weeks, I invite you to join me on a journey with our teaching team as we begin a new series called Recovery Plus. You know, this last year, there's been so many minuses. So much has been lost. But thanks be to God, we serve a God who helps his people recover. In the Old Testament, there was a, a season in which the people of God experienced great loss. Locusts descended upon their crops and, and devastated them. And when you're an agricultural-based community and you've lost your vines and your fruit trees, it not only is a big hit to the economy, but it's an existential threat to your existence. And those locusts had destroyed not just the current crops and the harvest, but taken also the seeds for future harvest. And yet, the Bible says that the locusts would not have the last word on the people of God. Instead, we read Joel 2.25. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locust, the hopping locust, the stripping locust, and the cutting locust. The locust would not have the final word. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. Let me ask you a question. Did the locust show up in your backyard? What did they devastate? What did they devour? Have you lost your peace of mind? Or your financial freedom? Or your family ties? Well, on this journey, we're going to look at how God can help us take these and other things back. Cathedral of Faith, we as a church are on our way back. And that we as a people are on our way back to. Now for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about taking back, recovering your self-esteem. I heard about this one lady who was walking to her job from her home. 
And she passed a pet store. And out in front of the pet store, there's this parrot on a perch. And as she walks toward the parrot, the parrot says to her, hey, lady, you're ugly. Well, that's a terrible way to start the day. And the lady was flustered. And she walked toward work, went to work. Now she's on her way home. And she sees that parrot again. And so she walks up to the parrot and the parrot says to her, hey, lady, you're ugly. Well, now she's really ticked. She goes inside the store and boy, she gives the owner the riot act and threatens to sue him if she doesn't get rid if he doesn't get rid of that bird. And so the store owner, he apologizes and he says that that bird will never say that to you again. Well, the next day she's on her way to work and there's the bird perched out in front of the pet store and she walks up to him and this time the bird says hey lady she says what and the bird says you know (laughs) boy one of the things that can take away your self-image and your self-esteem is when you run into a trash-talking bird like that and his words get in your head And they get in your heart. Well, you get a man gets laid off of his job and that bird just starts trash talking. I'll look at you. What a loser. You can't even hold on to a job. You'll you'll never get hired again. Nobody wants you. If those words get in your head and your heart. Or a lady walks through a divorce And that bird starts talking trash. What a loser. You can't even hold on to a man. Nobody's going to want you. You'll never find love again. And if those words get in your head and get in your heart, and then when you throw social media into the mix, oh my. There's a supermodel by the name of Gigi Hadid. And she's got everything going for her. She's beautiful. She's rich. And while she's young, you'd think she's got no issues at all when it comes to self-esteem. And yet, when you're in the public eye, the criticism on social media can be so vicious. Sometimes, she says, it's just crushing. She says this. She says, I feel almost suffocated by the world and the world's opinions. Boy, in the world that we live in, how can we? How can we recover our self-esteem? Well, I saw an announcement in one church bulletin that read this way. It said, low self-esteem group, support group will meet Thursday at 7 to 8.30 p.m. Please use the back door. Do you think that's helpful for people with low self-esteem to use the back door? Well, what can we do to recover our self-esteem? Well, think of it this way. Over here, I've, I've borrowed the seat that our drummer uses. And you'll see that this stool has three legs to it. And those three legs, 
Well, you need all three of them. If you had one or you had two, and if they weren't very sturdy, well, and you sit down on this seat, you could end up, you could end up taking a bad fall. Think of your self-image. Psychologists say that your self-image is a little bit like this seat, this stool, that it has three legs to it. And if those legs are sturdy and strong, then your self-image will be healthy. Your self-image will be strong. What I'd like to do is to look at what the Bible says about those three legs to that chair. Because when we hear what God says about our self-image, the great spiritual leader, Henry Nouwen, said, even though you may not be chosen by the world, you are chosen by God. Every time you listen to his voice, it's like discovering a well in the desert. How about if you and I take a trip to that well? First of all, think about the need for acceptance. That's one leg on that stool. The need to belong, the need to be loved, the need to be accepted. Now, in our culture, there's a big emphasis on external beauty. In fact, you pick up magazines like this right up here, and, you know, everybody's got to have a dream. But you pick up a magazine like that, and you flip through the pages, and you look at those pictures of all those beautiful people. And that bird just starts talking. And he says, well, for you to have, to feel good about yourself, you've got to look like that. You've got to try and look like that. And if you don't, you'll never be accepted. You'll never belong. And you'll never be loved. I found one survey. It said that women... 70% of women said that when they pick up one of those magazines and they look at it, after just three minutes, they're depressed, they're feeling guilty, and they're feeling shameful. Three minutes is all it takes for that bird to start talking. And many of those pictures that we, we look at, they're not even real. Julian Moore, who's an actress, She was being interviewed and she talked about how, you know, so many of those photographs have been tweaked. She said, I know an actress friend who was looking at a photo in a magazine and said, why don't I look like that? And then she realized it was a picture of herself. So much of that is not even real. Do you really want to base your self image on that? When it comes to external beauty, you may look like this today. You you may look handsome, but eventually you may look like this right here. Beauty has a way of fading over time. And if you base your self-image on external beauty, well, then your self-image will fade away with it. But if you base your self-image on the love of God. The love of God never fades away. In Ephesians chapter 3, we read, and I pray that your love will have deep roots. I pray that it will have a strong foundation. May you have power together with all the Lord's holy people 
to understand Christ's love. May you know how wide and long and high and deep it is. And may you know his love. Even though it can't be known completely, then you will be filled with everything that God has for you. May you understand Christ's love. This word to understand or to grasp, it was also used in that day to talk about rust. And when rust takes hold of a metal, it works its way through that metal. And when you take hold of the love of God and you grasp it and you begin to work your way through it and you come to know the love of God, not just as an intellectual truth, but an experiential truth. When that love moves from your head to your heart, that right there is a sure foundation. When I was young, the supermodel of that day was a lady called Kathy Ireland. And you would think that when it comes to building your image uh, on external beauty, well, a supermodel, she's got high cheekbones and, you know, the size of her swimsuit and the you know, color of her eyes, that it would be very easy as a supermodel to build your image on external beauty. And yet when we had a chance once to sit down with Kathy and talk to her about her faith, she connected her faith to her self-image and listened to what Kathy had to say. I have seen so many people place their value and their self-worth on external things like external beauty, um, all of those, those superficial things. And I really think that, that real self-esteem comes from knowing and understanding that God made you and loves you and doesn't make mistakes. And if we get our value and our self-worth and our self-esteem from a superficial source, we will be disappointed. Um, true beauty, it grows with time. Well, external beauty fades away, but true beauty, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter four, cultivate inner beauty, the gentle, gracious kind that God delights in. This kind of beauty doesn't fade away. When you base your self-image on the love of God, that is a sure foundation. Now, the next leg of your self-esteem has to do with the need for worth. That we need to feel value. We need to feel worth. Here in the Silicon Valley, it's very easy to connect your net worth to your self-worth. That when the stock market is up, my self-worth is up. When my, the stock market is down, my self-worth is down. Or when I have a high-paying job, my self-worth is up. Or, but when I have a low-paying job, my self-worth is down. Or when my bank account is high, my self-worth is up. But when my bank account is low, my self-worth is down. See, your net worth, it can go up and down. I saw this one comic, and the guy's giving a presentation, and he says, as you can see here, there were a few down ticks followed by a few up ticks, 
finishing off with some antics. See, to base your self-worth on your net worth, boy, that's an unstable foundation. But when you base your self-worth on the fact that you are made in the image of God. The first thing that we learn about God in the Bible is that God is a, the creator. He's creative. And we see him creating and he, he creates the realms of light and darkness, of sky and land and sea. And then he fills those realms with the sun and the moon and the stars and the fish and the birds and the animals. And he says all of this is good. But then he creates human beings in his own image. We read in Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. The image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And it's only after he makes mankind in his image and he looks at all of his creation and then he says, this is very good. You've been made in the image of God and that friend is why you have worth. You have value. And this is where secularism runs into trouble because secularism wants to pound it into your head that you are the product of random chance. That all you are ultimately is a blob of matter. But then at the same time, it tries to get you to buy into the idea that for some reason, every single person is special and everyone ought to be treated with dignity and respect. Can you see the conundrum that the secularist is in? But when we get to the God of the Bible, we find a consistency that we treat everybody with respect and dignity, whatever their skin color, whatever their economic status, they may be upper class, middle class, low class, or have no class at all. But every person bears the image of God. And that's why we treat them with dignity and respect. When I base my self-image on the fact that I'm made in the image of God and the price that God paid to get his hands on me. You know, this, this last fall, a few months ago, we have so many wonderful people that are part of the cathedral family. And one of the cathedral family brought me a football. Now, somehow he found out that I was a Raiders fan. I have no idea how that happened. But he brought me a football and he gave this to me. This is a football that was signed by John Gruden. How cool is that? Now, how much do you think this is worth? It's not for sale. But if you go on eBay and you put it up for an auction, how much do you think this football is worth? A hundred bucks, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks? You know what it's worth? It's worth whatever somebody is willing to pay for it. 
how much are you worth? What was God willing to pay to get his hands on you? The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, this is what God was willing to pay. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. God was willing to give up his son to pay the price so that he could get his hands on you. That's how much you're worth to him. That's how much you're valued by him. When you base your self-image on the fact that you've been made in the image of God and that God paid the ultimate price so that he could get his hands on you, that is a sure foundation. Now, what's the third leg of that self-image? The third leg is our need for competence and confidence that I can do what I need to do. Have you ever run into a difficult situation? I found this one comic. It was titled Difficult Situation. And there's a guy at his computer and his dog and his cat are watching him. And the question on the computer says, for your security, please answer the question below. What's the name of your favorite pet? And he asked them to leave for a second. This is what he's called a difficult situation. One of the best books I've ever read on the subject of fear. It's called Fear the Feel, Fear and Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. It's written by the late psychologist and author who was an expert on the subject, Susan Jeffers. And she said in her book that at the base of all of our fears, whatever those fears are, she said at the base of all other fears is this, that I will run into a situation that I cannot handle. That I'll run into a difficult situation and that difficult situation will overwhelm me. But if I knew I could handle it, Are you facing a difficult situation today that you need to forgive somebody who's wronged you? Or you need to make a midlife career change? Or you need to love a very challenging child? Or you need to share your faith with the neighbor? When you run into a difficult situation, if you knew that you would have what it takes to be able to face it and handle it. Well, this is when the parrot starts trash talking again. You run into that difficult situation and he'll say, I, there's no way you can do it. There's no way you can do it. You can't handle it. You can't handle it. I know that, boy, I've heard his voice in my ear plenty of times. You know, that you can't speak, you can't pastor, you can't lead. You'll never be able to do it. And one of the best ways I found to silence that parrot is that, first of all, I agree with him. You know what? You're right. I can't do it. 
I can't do it on my own. I can't do it by myself. But then I continue. And yet, I'm not on my own. I'm not by myself. God is with me and God is for me. And because of that, well, the wind helps me to do what I could never do on my own. I was thinking about a a time where when the kids were younger, they were teenagers, and I decided I had a great idea. Let's go out on a sailboat together. And so we go out on this sailboat, and in my mind, I was expecting something like this, the great adventure, you know, just a, a total rush. But what we really experienced was the great disappointment because there was no wind at all. We weren't sailing. We were just drifting around. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Have you been sailing or have you been drifting? Friend, we are people of the resurrection. And you know what that means? It means there's resurrection power that's on the inside of us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. That this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead is available to you. And when we lean into that power and we learn to walk in the Spirit and lean on the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us to do what we could never do on our own. The wind is blowing in our lives. And what we have to do is put those sails in position to receive. And with the wind with us, there is no situation we cannot overcome. I wonder how your life would be different. I wonder how your life would be different this week if every day you woke up and you knew that no matter what you would face that day, it didn't matter, that you would be more than able to handle it. And that's the confidence we can have because of the God that we serve. Philippians 4.13 reads this way, I am ready for anything and equal to anything. Through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Now that, the power of the Spirit of God, that is something to build your self-image on. Well, as we wrap things up, let me read to you a testimony that I received from one of our team. He writes, growing up, I was a stuttering kid. I hated public speaking and poetry days at school. I was made fun of and my family didn't know how to help me other than to tell me, just spit it out, get over it. Needless to say, that had a huge impact on my self-esteem 
and social development. My inability to express myself freely affected my life at home, at school, and at work. I felt like I didn't have a voice. I kept shying away from opportunities that came my way and was fearful to chase after my dreams. Although my stuttering has improved over the years, I still deal with it every day. But God seems to keep positioning me in opportunities to use my voice on a regular basis. It's as if God sees past the stutterer that I knew myself as, and he calls me a speaker. I'm not who other people say I am, nor am I who I think I am. I am who God says I am. He created me and I belong to him. If there's anyone who's qualified to name me, it's him. And he's right. It's in God that we find out who we truly are and we find our self-worth. And the member of our team who wrote this said he, he's coming right now to sing a declaration over your life and mine. Fuck. 
Thanks so much for joining us during service today. And if you need prayer, please reach out to us. We'd love to pray with you and for you. And don't forget, uh, right after this service is the wrap, a way to take the message deeper and further. I love my cathedral family. I want to speak God's blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may you know who you are. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Hello, hello, Cathedral of Faith. Welcome to the rest. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. And this is The Wrap. Welcome to The Wrap. This is our online lobby, our online fellowship hall where we get the chance to discuss, maybe unpack some of the, um, some of the gold nuggets that came out of today's sermon. Mm. And um, my name is Cedric. This is Megan. Hi. And today we have the great honor of having as guests Pastor Dan and Carol. Hey. But truly, Hello. truly, they're really not guests, but they are family because yes. um, they are truly Amen. one of us. So, um, Pastor Ken today, he kicked off the, um, a great series, Recovery Plus, where we talk about um, God will help us um, regain, reclaim what we have lost and to help us take back what the devil has stolen. So um, we have something great today. So how about we start with you, Pastor Dan? What, um, what are some things that kind of stuck out um, uh, at you today? Well, first of all, there were a lot of things, you know. I, I enjoy Pastor Ken so much with his messages and to me, I always get something incredible out of it. Um, I, I want to take you to his second point, and it talked about the need for worth, and um, he talked about Genesis 126, and and we are we are made in His image, in God's image, and then he brought up this football, and the football was signed by John Gruden, and you know those kind of things in this world that we live in, when you if he was to put it on eBay he'd probably get thousands of dollars for it. So he, he asked the question, you know, what, how much would this be worth? And, and related that to us, each one of us, and how much are we worth to God? And we are worth so much that he gave his only son. And so I'm taken back, a week ago was Easter, and, you know, we had done 30 years of Easter here. And every time we did Easter and you know, the same kind of thing that would take place. But I would always be whew, put in the right place mm -hmm. 
understanding that God gave his son for, for me. And I would think of it that way. So um, great point, brought me back and put me in a good place for, for that. So yeah. yeah, throughout the years, you, you, you've probably pretty much been at, been at every cast role of, 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 of Easter, every position so you've been in A lot of Easter, different right? ones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's funny, Dan. It brings to mind, there was a song that we would do where it says, you know, they hung him high, they spread him wide. Mm. Uh, he bowed favorite. his head, for me he died. Mm-hmm. That's love. That's love. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love that song. Like when we start to try to figure out like our, our value and our worth, that's what he's saying. That verse is saying, you know, um, we were made in God's image and he loved us enough that he took his most valuable thing, mm-hmm. hung yep. him high, stretched him wide. Mm-hmm. Jesus hung his head, and for me, he died. That's love. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was uh, the one that stuck out to me as well in terms of the when he actually said, really, at least the, the way I wrote it down, was that the definition of worth is whatever someone is willing to pay yeah. Um, yeah. for it. And so you can't always just go off of somebody else's because mm-hmm. even though she makes great cakes, like... <laughs> Somebody might love that I tried my hardest Mm -hmm. and the chocolate's all over and the lines aren't straight, but that could be valuable to somebody and be worth something. And um, so, yeah, that was that was probably my one of the things that stuck out to me was that our worth is what someone was willing to pay and Jesus was willing to pay it all. Yeah, yeah Carol, like, I know you say that the chocolate was everywhere, but the chocolate's the best part. <laughs> you know, right? that right I up, know. eat it right uh, up. Well, so yeah. a Very point true. that Pastor Ken spoke about in the sermon that really reached out to me was about looking in a magazine or comparing yourself as women, as young adults. Um, we always look in those magazines and be like, oh, we are not good enough. I am not good enough to be on a magazine like that because I do not look like her. But in a in another sense to look at it, uh, social media is a huge thing right now that I feel like sometimes I just have to turn it off because I will start to nitpick every little picture I see like, oh, how come I'm not like that? Or how come I'm not there with them or how come my talent is not as big as theirs or getting as much views as them so I always have to re-evaluate myself recenter myself in God's image that God has created me equally and perfectly the way he wanted me to be and I will share my love the way it's supposed to be on social media and not compare it to anything else that's right yeah I just love how, how like he, he had talked about how um, uh, girls, within three seconds or three minutes when they pick up the magazine, they start to feel guilty. They start to feel depressed, you know, and just like the whole, the whole comparison game is just not a game that anybody really wins because there's always someone better, more this, mm-hmm. more that, or, you know, uh, um, or whatever. And just, you know, just, 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 just tells me just how important it is to, to really take our worth from, 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 from the Bible and from, yeah. from, 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 from yeah. God, God, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and um, today what, uh, what, um, what really stuck out to me is uh, I love it when uh, Pascal shouted about the, uh, the, the, the bird who was trash talking, right? Because, because, because after a few times of, of, of the bird trash talking, it didn't take 
take the bird to, to say any, anything more, but it was already internalized by that lady, yeah. right? Yeah. It's almost like, you know, the, the moment that we let what other people say get to us, it's, it's like the enemy has already broken down the walls of our city, and then the mm-hmm. battle is internalized already. Yeah. It's, yes. We're just battling within ourselves. Are we good enough? Are we enough? Are we, are, 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 like, are, you know, did, did, did we do enough? Are, are, are we good enough, yeah. right? And so um, I've learned to just, 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 um, to just brush things off, yeah. you know, because because if you don't let it get to you, you know, um, you know, there, there's 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 less chance of a of 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 of, of the devil just just messing with you, right? Yeah. Sure. Right. And sure. and and, and uh, you know, and once you let the battle become internalized, it's it almost it takes an act of God to really pull pull you out of that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And also, like sometimes people may may say stuff and 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 they didn't even mean to to have mean anything or even hurt you, yeah. but no, just because no. you took it personally. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're you're just in this downward yeah. me- mental spiral that just like takes you down, down, down to the and um, you know that that's real because scripture even says that we have to take every thought captive. Like I don't know how many times right. I have that conversation with people who are in turmoil over something that was done or said, and 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 then they just get and it's a part of who we are. Like in our humanness, mm-hmm. we get fixated, and and it's like having to remind people that. God knew that that is a reality of our broken humanness. Yeah. And so he tells us, take every thought captive. Yeah. Like, bring that under the control of what he said in, in the third, you know, um, having confidence that we have a purpose. Like, sure, that's, I'm going to take this thought cap. It might be true. Mm-hmm. But I know that it doesn't have to be this way forever. Mm-hmm. Like, God is going to make yeah. something different. Yeah. And were you done? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to step over. I didn't want to step over. How about you, Pastor? Then? Well, what no, else stuck out to you? Yeah, well, You're I was going to say because right? the parrot, when you were talking about the parrot, like um, the thing that came to me about that is that a parrot isn't necessarily speaking truth. It's speaking something that has been taught it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just right. keeps, keeps saying it. Keeps going, and yeah. so when he's talking about these things that we struggle with are these parrots, we have to understand that the enemy, there may be a kernel of truth, but what the enemy works on is only a little bit that, and then he just clouds things, and he's just parroting these things yeah. to us, and we need to understand that that's not necessarily our reality, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, I think with that, it's important in this social media era. Mm-hmm. The other thought that came to me was the idea that we need to have a chosen fruit few yes. in our lives mm-hmm. who know our truth, mm-hmm. who know who we are. That yeah. when all that stuff is being parroted, I can turn and be like, man, that feel, and you can be like, no. Mm-hmm. Girl, you are who you're supposed yeah, to be. And it's important sure. not to have this just social media friendships, but have that core that also help us yeah. stay grounded. God's image. And this is the thing. I, I, jumping on the end of that and just kind of adding to it. I mean, the situations that we're going to face, the difficulties that we face, they're, they're not going to go away. Yeah. yeah. I, they're not going to get less, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. And for those that, you know, if the parrot comes and keeps doing his thing, somehow we have to come to realization, and and Pastor Ken talked about it, to where Mm. it comes to a point where you, I I can't do this. Mm. I can't do this on my own, Mm. and and we almost need to come to that realization so that we make sure that we put God in the midst of it and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and and get in front of us, get to the side of us, and and then we can make things happen, and, and he'll block it. He'll block the parrot. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and do those kinds of things. Yeah. So yeah. when he's able, we are able. Amen. So. Amen. Uh, I just wanted to close with a scripture that Pastor Ken shared at the beginning of his sermon, which is Joel 2.25. The Lord said, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locust, the hopping locust, the striping, the striping locust, and the cutting locust. And it's just so profound for the whole, for the whole sermon that he will give us back what we have lost. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on The Wrap. We loved having you guys here. And thank as you, always, as we end The Wrap, we say, That's, that's a wrap! wrap.